Hello and welcome to Violin Class, the podcast for the non-professional violinist. My name is Julia, I am your host, and I am a violinist and violin teacher. And I'm here to share both my tips and experience to hopefully make learning the violin a little bit easier. Today, I'm going to be talking about everything you need to know before buying an instrument. Little disclaimer before I start, I will be throwing some very large numbers in this episode. Violins can cost as much as a car, so if you're new to the instrument, this is really not meant to deter you from picking up the hobby, but rather to set expectations and help you to plan ahead. I also do have some options for you if you are on a budget. So here is what you need to know before going on a violin shopping trip, organized into some do's and some don'ts. Let's start with what you should do when you're considering buying. In this episode, I will not be covering how to choose your violin, but rather all of the things that you should be thinking about when you're preparing to buy. Okay, one more thing that I actually wanted to mention before getting into the do's and don'ts is that there are three types of violins that you can buy, according to me at least. The first one is going to be a factory-made instrument, so this is what you're going to get kind of at a cheap price on Amazon or at a big box store. These instruments are put together uh, by machines, and overall, they're not uh, great instruments. They're not going to sound good. They're going to sound very metallic, very bright. Uh, They're not comfortable to play. They might actually be a little bit too heavy. Anyways, you will get my uh, full opinion on these instruments in just a moment. And cost-wise, these are going to be anywhere between a few hundred dollars to maybe 500 or so. Uh, Keep in mind that I'm in Canada, so your prices might be completely different based on where you live. The second type of instrument is a factory-made but hand-finished instrument. And I think some luthiers, uh, such as the online retailer charmusic.com, would consider these to be intermediate violins. So essentially, these are violins that uh, the parts are started elsewhere, maybe in China, I'm not really sure. But there is an actual human being that is tailoring those to uh, yeah, to basically be a playable instrument. These can go anywhere between like the mid to high three digits, we'll say. Um, again, don't quote me on the numbers, but maybe they're starting at seven, eight hundred and can go into the three thousands easily. Yeah, and those instruments, you can actually find some very nice ones. They will typically be sold under a brand name, and that brand name, even two models, can be really different. So it is important to go and try those, and I'm going to be talking about that a little bit later. The third type of violin, which, again, these I think these stores would consider this an advanced model or a professional violin, are luthier made. So what that means, first of all, luthier is just the English pronunciation of a French word luthier, which is an instrument maker, someone who hand makes instruments. And these instruments are much, much nicer, much higher quality than the factory made or hand finished models. And this is obviously what professionals play. They're about 2,500 to three grand is your starting point for luthier made instruments. So anyways, that's your backstory. Let's now get into my do's and don'ts. Do number one is to decide if you actually need to buy. If you're a beginner and starting violin for the very first time, I would actually recommend that you don't buy a violin right away. 
if you have a good violin shop in your area, they will often have an instrument rental program that will allow you to get access to those hand-finished instruments or a very good beginner instrument for an affordable price. And this will pretty much allow you to skip those factory-made instruments until you're ready to buy something that's a little bit more high quality. That's what I recommend the students in my area in Canada to do when they're studying with me. Just be careful that you're renting from a shop that is reputable and that also sells high quality instruments. So just to give you a reference point, my luthier will rent out instruments that start around $650 for $25 a month. Unfortunately, not all instrument rental programs will be interesting for you. I have seen some violins that were worth about $150 that weren't even in great playing condition rented out for $50 a month, which I don't think is a good deal at all. So the way you can make sure that you're getting a deal that makes sense for you is you check out the violin. There's a label inside and you just do a quick Google search, see how much that instrument is worth, and then you can determine whether the monthly payment makes sense for you or not. So even if you're not on a budget and you have a bit of extra money to throw towards this as a beginner, you won't know what sounds or feels good to you yet. That's normal. You're just starting out. So I still think you should rent at first to make sure that, uh, first of all, you enjoy the hobby and that it's the right instrument for you before dropping a bunch of cash. I recommend all my beginner students to rent a beginner instrument for a year or two or even three until they're ready to purchase a handmade instrument. Some luthiers will have a rent to buy option. So my local violin shop will let you pay a little bit extra on your monthly violin rental and then the money you pay can go towards any violin or bow at the shop. If you are set on buying an instrument early, I would still suggest that you rent for a few months to get the feel for the instrument then you can decide what's best for you. Conversely, if those numbers are completely out of reach for you and you only have access to a kit violin, play with what you have. You can play that instrument until you outgrow it and save up to purchase one later on down the road. If you already bought the type of violin that I just trashed, do not sweat it. Remember, as you're starting out, you're not gonna make any violin sound good quite yet. And that's okay. You're gonna get better with practice. So keep working on the instrument that you have and in a year or so, you can consider renting or buying a nicer instrument. There's something to be said for progressing on to a nicer instrument when your technical ability has outgrown the previous. So basically, buy the best quality you can afford and you can always sell an upgrade in the future. So my second do is to decide on your budget beforehand. Again, real talk, violins are pricey. If you have a larger budget, you can easily spend into the tens of thousands. Violin shopping is really like shopping for a house, so there will always be a nicer, more expensive house to visit. So be really clear on your budget before you try a super fancy instrument. The nice thing is this violin should last you a really long time. I played on a $3,000 violin well into university, and that's when I was training to become a professional, and I still play it regularly, both at home and for gigs. However, one thing that you do need to know is that luthier-made violins retain their value. A handmade violin should come with an appraisal and some form of authenticity document, and if you ever want to upgrade or change it in the future, you should be able to sell the instrument for what you paid for. Older violins or instruments from an up-and-coming luthier may actually even go up in value like a piece of art, but not necessarily, and I would definitely not count on it as an investment. Okay, my third do is to talk to your teacher when you're thinking about buying an instrument. 
If you have a teacher, you should absolutely let them know ahead of time if you're thinking of upgrading your instrument. The violinist world is very small and they may have a colleague who's selling an old instrument that could be perfect for you. And violin teachers also know violin shops and will be the very best person to guide you in this purchase. Your teacher might even come and try the instrument with you if possible, playing the instrument for you and listening to how you sound on the instrument. Whenever a student of mine is starting their search for an instrument, I will always post on Facebook to see if any of my colleagues are selling one, um, either one of theirs or one of their students. Uh, some teachers will also have a good relationship with a luthier or have some good instruments at home that they keep for students they are looking. And as I mentioned, your teacher may even come with you to try instruments. This is something I personally do for my students that are local because I want to make sure that they are getting the very best instrument. Plus, I'm always down to go violin shopping because it's pretty much shopping without me having to spend any money. Uh, yeah, your teacher has experience in selecting instruments and can help guide your ear. If your teacher is not able to come with you, you should at least bring the instrument in for them to see and hear before purchasing. It's also best to bring someone with you when you try the instruments, if not your teacher, maybe another violinist friend or at least a friend that has a good ear. That way you can hear the violin being played by someone else and hear it from a different part of the room. If you can't bring another violinist, maybe you can ask your luthier because the chances are someone in the shop plays violin and may be able to do a bit of demonstrating if the shop isn't too busy. All right, my next do is once you have bought the instrument, get insurance. If you just dropped a few grand on a handmade violin, get insurance right away. Call your tenant or homeowner insurance provider and ask them to cover the instrument as a valuable, much like you would do for a piece of jewelry or a piece of art. If your violin is worth a lot more, like let's say around $10,000 or more, or you play semi or professionally, then your tenant or home insurance will likely not cover it or it will add a lot to your premium and have many restrictions. There are companies that will insure your violin separately and they can cost several hundred dollars a year, so plan accordingly. My last do is to keep some money in your budget for your bow and case. Bows are super important and can also be very pricey. If you are a beginner, I would recommend starting off with a carbon fiber bow. They're super sturdy and cheaper than wooden bows, but still light and nice to play on. A rule that I've heard is to spend 30% of your violin price on the bow, but personally my bow is certainly worth a lot less than 30% of my instrument. If you're buying a $3,000 violin, however, you can expect to spend about $300 to $500 on your bow. You should choose your instrument before the bow, but be aware of the bow that you're using to test it out. The luthier might have some very nice bows out for you to try that are out of your budget, and the instrument sound can change significantly based on the bow you use. So you don't need to buy both at once though. It's fine to stick with a cheaper bow with your nice new violin, save up and upgrade the bow in a couple years when you're ready. You should also invest in a solid case, which can be in the low hundreds. You don't need to have a fancy brand name case, but you want it to be of good quality to protect your investment. Some cheap cases are poorly designed and will easily pop open, which can lead the violin to fall and break. I personally recommend a small hard shell case if you're planning to travel with your violin, but I also like the rectangle cases that have space for your sheet music. I look for a light and small case that will easily fit into a plane or a car. 
And if your case is very light and lacks insulation, you can also purchase an outer soft shell case to protect it from the elements if you live in a harsh climate like me. Your teacher should be, again, able to recommend a case that will fit your needs, but that should give you something to start off. All right, so those are all my do's. I know that was quite a lot, so let me just quickly recap. Do decide if you actually need to buy or if renting is better for you. Do decide on your budget before you start shopping. Do talk to your teacher. Do get insurance and do keep some money for your bow and your case. All right, so now let's take a look at the don'ts. My first don't also comes with a disclaimer, but uh, my first don't is to not buy a violin from a pawn shop. So again, big disclaimer, this is completely based on my personal experience. I know some people have had a really good luck in finding violins in a pawn shop or a thrift store, but as an avid thrifter myself, I often see a dusty old violin in a flea market or a thrift store and they are always grossly overpriced. I think it's because people will see a violin, they've heard the stories and they assume it's worth something, but often it's just a really cheap build or in a state of absolute disrepair. I've seen instruments labeled at over $200 that are literally laying in the sun with multiple cracks and I would not even pay like any money for that instrument zero. <laughs> so anyways, you might find a deal. So take that with a grain of salt. And I've actually met someone who's gotten a really nice instrument in a garage sale. But personally, uh, I have, in my experience, only seen the opposite in most flea markets or thrift stores. Number two, don't buy a violin from Amazon or a big box music store such as Guitar Center or the like. These instruments are of poor quality and will not sound good. You will sound metallic and scratchy, and this will be very discouraging as a beginner. Again, little disclaimer, if this is the only instrument you have access to, you've already bought one, go for it, do the best you can on it, and you can upgrade in the future. Do not let that hold you back from starting. Okay, my next don't is do not buy a violin you cannot try at home. So this is a thing. If you're preparing to buy an instrument, you absolutely need to try it at home. You would not buy a car without test driving it, and it's exactly the same idea for your instrument. Ideally, you can try it in several locations, you can bring it home to practice, you can compare it to your current instrument if you have one, and most importantly, you can bring it in to your teacher to get their opinion. Taking violins home is a thing. My local luthier lets you bring violins home for one or even two weeks, and any luthier that has handmade instruments that does not let you bring an instrument home, of course, with some sort of, you know, credit card exchange so that you're not stealing it, um, is a big red flag. So you have to bring it home. This is an industry standard. And just to put it into perspective for you, the luthier for my personal professional instrument actually flew the violin to me from Germany to try it for several months before I purchased it. I don't even think he asked me for any deposit on it. It was, there's just like a trust thing. We had already met beforehand and he knew my teacher, but anyways, it's a thing. There are online violin shops like charmusic.com that will also send you an instrument by mail as long as you pay the shipping fee to try as well when you're instrument shopping. So in excluding basic beginner instruments, do not ever buy a handmade violin without trying it first at home. And my last don't is don't rush and don't settle. Finding the perfect violin for you can take a bit of time. 
We can use the house hunting analogy here again. If you visit lots of houses, you'll have a better idea of what you like and you don't like. And same thing, if you try a lot of violins, you're going to get an idea of what kind of sounds are good for you. You may also not live in an area that has many luthiers nearby, so keep this on your list of things to do when you're visiting a new city or a nearby town. Choosing a violin should be a fun process and it's a very personal choice. Essentially, imagine if a singer got to choose their voice and that's what you're doing when you're choosing a violin. So give yourself the time to choose well. That's it for this episode. I think that's about all I had to say on the subject. In a future episode, I will be talking about how to actually select your instrument and what to listen to when you're in the violin shop and trying violins. But that's going to be all for today. If you have any suggestions for a future episode or any feedback or just want to say hi, you can write to me, Julia, at violinclasspod at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Instagram for some updates on the show. My handle is at Julia Reddy Music. That's Julia R-E-D-D-Y Music. That's it for this week, guys. Thank you for listening, and I'll catch you at the next one. Mm-hmm.